Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about the meaning of life. What is the meaning of life from the higher perspective? (laughs) From the higher perspective, each life is a game of sorts. And each life leads from point A that is predetermined into an outcome that is not as determined as your higher self would like, perhaps, but it's still a guided experience. So prior to you coming into this body, um, there are multiple maps, if you will, that are drafted of how an incarnation could go. The people that you're going to meet, the circumstances and events, things that you're, you know, you need to accomplish. And then there is an ideal outcome that is drafted and the less ideal outcomes and the not so ideal outcomes. All of these different potentialities are drafted almost like on a piece of cloth or paper, if you will. Um, One of these points um, is defined as the purpose or the mission. So it's almost like a bullseye if you are, you know, targeting something or trying to hit something. That purpose uh, becomes a golden thread. Um, It's almost like when your higher self is projecting a part of itself into this physical body. It's a golden thread of purpose that's going to be connecting you to, uh, like the smaller version of you, the lower uh, dimension, if you will, frequency version of you to the higher frequency version of you. So the purpose is the end goal, the end game and the bullseye that you need to hit. And it becomes, it, it holds a lot of weight actually. So it is the one thing that determines the types of experiences, the types of events and circumstances that you want to go through um, and how you're going to react and respond to those. Generally speaking, there is one main thing that needs to be accomplished because from the vantage point of your higher self, each game or each life is quite simplistic. It's not a very complex game at all, regardless actually in which dimension you're playing. So um, your higher self could be projecting itself into a third dimension, a fifth dimension, I don't know, a tenth dimension. Um, and in, it could have multiple streams in each, right? And technically speaking, from the position of the higher self, any of these dimensions is a fairly simple game. Now they become progressively more complicated as we go up the ladder. They're still not complicated games. The reason being, there is one outcome, one desired outcome. Now there are supporting Um, things that you wish to accomplish but really there is one bullseye to hit and that's why they're considered to be quite simplistic in nature the reason that you you know as a human would feel 
so drawn to that purpose of finding it, or some people really become obsessed with that idea or feel very lost without it, is because it is pretty much the golden thread that weaves this incarnation into the rest of your being. Imagine that all of your experiences are a tapestry or a painting, right? And each of your lives, if we're talking about a painting, is a stroke of a brush or a stroke of a pencil, right? It is important for you that the stroke, you know, matches the rest of the tapestry, right? But any of your incarnations, for instance, if you're painting a flower, you know, each of these brush strokes, each of the incarnations is just such a small, teeny tiny part of the flower, but it needs to be congruent. It needs to be in, uh, it needs to um, make sense with the rest of the flower, so to say, right? That's why each of your incarnations is very, very carefully planned because if you're painting and I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm trying to give you very, very simple examples. Imagine that you're painting a white flower over 10,000 incarnations and that's the intention of your soul and really from your soul perspective a white flower could be learning how to love yourself for instance that could be the end game for 10,000 incarnations or learning how to love others um, that could be um, a white flower that you're painting or you know learning compassion that could be a white flower if it is a white flower, then 10,000 incarnations, you're going to be working with a color white or a particular frequency. So if this particular incarnation comes back with a yellow stroke, that's not going to necessarily fit the white flower. So unless you hit that purpose, this is not being integrated into the flower. So as your higher self has planted or planned an incarnation for you, right? and say it intends for you to produce this white, beautiful stroke of compassion or what have you, the frequency that it's working on. And that becomes the purpose of the bull's eye of that incarnation. This is what you're targeting as an outcome hmm. uh, to fit into the rest of the painting that you're working on, because you're never working on just one flower. You're probably working on a whole garden of a painting, right? So if you come back and the outcome of that incarnation is yellow, green, or blue, it does not belong to that flower. And so your higher self would collapse that, send it into the Akashic field at a very reduced scale, almost like a, a dot of a dot of a dot. It would not necessarily weave that into the rest of the tapestry. And it would send you on a similar mission. or It would send another projection of itself on a, on a similar type of mission. And it would keep doing that until what comes back is a white brush stroke that can fit with the right with the rest of the white flower mm -hmm. generally speaking when you're painting a particular flower again um, going back to my example of 10,000 incarnations um, you tend to play that game with a limited group of souls um, on a limited number of planets in a limited number of galaxies so the settings for the flower are quite the same but the experiences of learning compassion, love, or anything else that you might undertake are very different. Um, so I know I know I kind of like went very in like very broad strokes here, but the meaning of life is that original intention um, that your higher self had as it was planning the painting, right? So it's a means to an end. 
but the end that serves your higher self, higher aspect, your soul, your soul, um, if you will. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, maybe for the higher self who planned everything, what's the meaning of this game? The meaning of the game is to create, let's say, a garden of flowers, right? So your higher self is on its path of evolution. And it's a very lengthy path. And the path from the perspective of your higher self is from a position of low vibration, which really is a vibration is equivalent to how much light you can hold within your light bodies from the soul perspective. So how much light you can embody and emanate, mm -hmm. right? Hold within and emanate or shine on the others, on the world, on the rest of the existence. Yeah. Right? And as you go up, in up the ladder, the amount of light you can hold grows, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. ultimately you reach source level emanations and that is when you can be joined back with source energy because you and source energy become one and the same. Mm -hmm. So you have your own personal cycle completion, right? So you go from very low state to very high vibrations as a soul. Now, every soul is different all the paths are very different. How you go about it could be very different. Some souls prefer to move faster, others slower, you know, yet others somewhere in the middle. Um, so every path is unique and that is the beauty of this experience, right? So at any given point in time, your higher self, so to say, your highest aspects are painting a beautiful, vast, humongous picture, a painting of like a garden or whatever it is, like we're using garden as an analogy, right? But if, you know, if you've ever did painting as a human, right? You know that if you're trying to create a big painting, it, it takes time and it takes effort and you have to break it down into smaller pieces. So the journey of your higher self is to look at the garden in its entirety. Imagine that in, um, in its mental body, so to say, uh, in its mental um, aspect and then be able to focus on one part of that painting zoom in and then zoom in again to the teeny tiniest detail hmm. and start planning it out yeah. so it's like um, building the whole puzzle uh, but you start with like one piece so you can think of each incarnation as a piece to the to the uh, of, of that puzzle only not every incarnation actually hits the bullseye. So not every incarnation hits the purpose or matches the original intention set forth. That's why, you know, that's why there is a little bit of a sensory circle. That's why I have to repeat certain things. If you as a lower self, right, a projection, um, hit every single, like every single time you would incarnate into this game, quote unquote, you would hit the bullseye, your development as a soul would become incredibly fast and you could take on harder and harder challenges as um you know faster and faster but it doesn't tend to be the case hmm. so if i look from the higher perspective tr to truly hit the bullseye is about um one chance in a hundred so only about once every 100 incarnations do you really hit the bullseye Wow. In about 20% of cases, you hit somewhere right around it. Uh, mm -hmm. Meaning like within the vicinity of it, like maybe not death center, but like something close to what your higher self wanted. 
in about 60% of the cases, you do something that makes no sense completely. And it's so far away from what was planned. It's so far away from the intention. And then the rest, 19%, is you know neither here nor there. Interesting. You, you mentioned that this uh, game is actually pretty easy. So... Oh, I didn't say the game was easy. I said that each of the sub games is. So like to actually paint the painting from the higher self perspective is the most complex challenge a soul is going to undergo, right? But each individual pieces are so simplistic from the higher perspective because really it's, oh God, it's almost like if you were in a gym and you only chose to exercise one muscle out of all the muscles in your body and that's it. Huh. But uh, that's what I mean by simple. Like you're not trying to get completely ripped in the gym. You're just trying to exercise this like one muscle in your abdomen. How come then you miss the bullseye? So how come? Often? Because yeah. you don't know which muscle you're training. Oh, so you people blindly. start working on the bicep, and really they were supposed to to be working on something in in oh. their foot. <laughs> Got it. That's why. So like if they if they only knew if they only knew what it is that they were working on. Mm-hmm. You know, it would make hitting the bullseye so much easier. But they don't because the rules of the game is there is a veil of forgetfulness. You're not supposed to remember. Ah, So basically you're telling that it, each incarnation is pretty easy from the higher perspective, but with the obstacles and everything, it becomes pretty hard. No, no, no. Um, uh, well, it <laughs> depends on which perspective we look at. They are simple from the standpoint of not a lot is expected of you, or rather you're not, you're not meant to fill 10 buckets with water. You're meant to fill one bucket with water, and it's a very specific bucket, which from a higher perspective makes it simplistic. The reason it is hard from your perspective is because you don't know which of the 10 buckets you're supposed to be filling. That's why. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's a boring game, right? Not at all. Right. For for the higher self, it's kind of challenging as well. Well, let's just say that uh, from a higher vantage point, one game doesn't doesn't really move the needle. What they're optimizing for is the painting in its entirety, or at least a big enough chunk of these little games, the little lives, right? So they're optimizing at the flower level, or at least at the petal level, not at the brush stroke level. I see. And what is the thing that drives like this higher self to keep playing? Their desire for growth and expansion. Huh. So basically the desire is the main driver. Yeah, the desire and... um, I mean, there are different feelings. There is joy. There is excitement. Uh, for them, it's like a learning experience. It's learning opportunity. It's learning about themselves. It's learning about the world. Um, and it's a game of choice. It, um, you know, your higher self really likes making choices. Um, and it really, that's like one of the most thrilling experiences that it can have. Every time it plans like a little brush stroke, it has to make thousands of choices just for that one, how it wants to plan it. And then once you get into the body, um, it, everything is a game of choice hmm. from how you choose to feel today to how you choose to think to what you choose to wear to what you choose to become to what you choose to pursue etc cetera, etc cetera. everything is a choice now 
Of course, it doesn't always feel that way, especially in third dimensional worlds. They appear to be more deterministic than they actually are. So it's like a strategy game. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. And different higher selves are, you know, <laughs> not all strategists of the same level. Some are better than others. But the beauty of this is no strategy is per se wrong, right? Uh-huh. And from the perspective of source, just watching all of these individual souls come up with their own strategies of how they're going to grow and evolve and learn is a fascinating little exercise. And does it become like really fun when you actually can participate with others? Well, it is. Um, not only is it fun, it could be more challenging too, right? And um, that's why, generally speaking, there are also... Um, like using my earlier analogy of a painting, if you're painting a flower, going back to my example of a white flower, and um, you are, say there is a group of 12 of you, right, that decided to collaborate on learning compassion together. And let's say that compassion is represented by a certain frequency in the color, color scheme. Let's say compassion is, I don't know, green, although there are not a lot of green flowers. Um, But basically, this flower, if you draw this together, and if you learn this together, and if it's a closely knit type of project between 12 souls, that same flower is going to be reflected on each of the 12 canvases of their painting. So although the rest of the painting for these 12 souls can be completely different, right? That one flower that they collaborated on, especially if it was a successful collaboration, is going to be the exact same frequency flower. So it becomes so multidimensional and it becomes almost like a, um, the one thing that joins all of them together mm-hmm. across time, space and, you know, existence. Hmm. So um, it's like a multiplayer game. It is a multiplayer game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And um What is the meaning of life uh, from like a human perspective? Is there a difference? Well, I would say that from the human perspective, and you probably would be a better person to answer that question ironically, right? Because you are being in the human perspective right now, um, is a search for something bigger than what they are, right? It's that search of, um, or seeking to be connected to some grand plan, some grand scheme, some grand design, right? Because, I mean, it's bad enough that there is a veil of forgetfulness, right? And for many of you, this life feels like the only life that you ever lived or are ever going to live. Like, this feels like it, right? And yet, there's always that nagging sense of something is missing. Because fundamentally, right, for human beings, even the ones that are not very, the ones that are not awakened at all, Facing the concept of death and not existing, ceasing to exist, is a very uncomfortable place to be because it doesn't feel terribly organic. Like it's really hard to comprehend for any human that there will come a point that they cease to exist. Over time, you get used to that feeling as you get older. But um, if you have your early childhood memories, death was one of the hardest things for you to comprehend as a soul. And the reason, it was like as as an incarnation, and the reason being because you still were close enough to the veil that you remembered that death is not so final, right? 
And because death doesn't seem like the answer, and by the way, neither does religion, heaven or hell or any of those things, right? Every soul, every human seeks to find the big why, right? Hmm. Because it's actually very lonely and very debilitating to just be in the dark all the time, not knowing where you're going, where you're going and why, and just kind of like keep being in the rat race. Especially right now where like half of your life, if, if not more, is, is experienced on complete autopilot. Yeah. So the question of like the meaning of life and the perception and, you know, the search for that is really imagine that you're submerged in the water in this incarnation. Because truly, it, it's kind of a little bit how, how, how you all are feeling. You're submerged in water, and this is a little bit of a murky water. So your visibility is not that great. That's why you, I mean, that's why you wonder what the future holds. Actually, if your visibility was great, you would know exactly the trajectory that you're on and where this trajectory takes you, not only tomorrow, but five years down the road, mm -hmm. if, if, if you had visibility in the water. Yeah. Because your actions today already determined your future because time doesn't exist, right? So the decisions that you made today already switched your future, everything about it, right? You just don't know. Because you're in the murky water, you don't really see where things are going. Things might seem a little bit random. You don't always truly recognize that everything that you're seeing is a byproduct of your thoughts, feelings, and actions. And then the search for meaning of life is equivalent to coming up to the surface of the water, gasping for air, taking that quick breath, looking around and trying to understand where land is, you know, like, I'm like, where's land? Where's that meaning of life? And then, you know, and then for, for a lot of you, it's being submerged in the water again, mm -hmm. um, because it's actually really, really hard to maintain that it's actually higher vibrational, higher dimensional perspective of even asking the question what the meaning of life is now. A lot of you are starting to be faced with that when you feel that you're not on the path somehow one way or the other so if you stray too far from that ideal path that leads from here to the bullseye there is a little bit of a tugging mechanism um, because you're connected to that purpose with a golden thread right not only are you connected to your higher self, but you're connected to that purpose as well with a thread. And so when you stray too far away from it, it creates tension. It starts to tag you back a little bit. When it starts tagging you back as you've been straying, generally what goes on through your head is, why am I here? This doesn't feel right. This doesn't, doesn't feel like me. This doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's actually generally through a crisis or some type of big disappointment or some deep sense of unhappiness that a lot of people even start questioning what the meaning of life is. Hmm. Interesting. And that's why humanity has created all of these distractions for itself so that it doesn't have to face this one question because it is incredibly hard to answer from a lower dimensional perspective when all of your pineal glands are calcified because the question to the answer, sorry, to the question of what my purpose is lies to your connection to your higher self and to your connection to that golden thread. And the way to get there is through activating your third eye, 
is through activating your intuitive um, side, hmm. which again is not something that humanity is doing. And the distractions that I was referring to earlier are plenty from drugs and alcohol to social media, to TV, to entertainment, you name it, to gossip, to, I don't know, loud parties and plenty of friends, to money-making, to anything. Like, there, it, it, like all of these things are, this world is full of distractions, frankly. Hmm. And um, so, as I understand, the meaning of life is different for all people, uh, but the end game is the same. Let's just say the end, uh, the end game for souls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The end game for souls is the highest possible expansion that they can be experiencing, which makes them a vibrational match to source, which makes them a vibrational match to oneness, mm -hmm. which brings them into complete unity with everything that is. Yes. So that end game is the same for everybody. Correct. Yeah. Now, when you say that the, the, the paths are very different for each human, absolutely. Yeah, the paths are very different. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, as also, as I understand, the meaning of life for a particular incarnation is set in stone, right? When you come to this yes. incarnation, it's just one true meaning. Well, there is one main purpose. Mm -hmm. There is one main purpose. There could be secondary purposes also. Mm. For instance, it could be, I want to learn the lesson of compassion through taking care of abandoned animals, right? But at the same time, don't forget that there is also karma. And it's always in the best interest of, your, of you, of yourself, to be able to untangle different karmic knots. The reason being... Karma is always, it's a little bit of a buffer. It's something that slows down your progress, right? If you've accumulated too much karma, when you come into an incarnation, you have to deal with a karmic knot first before you can take on the actual purpose. So very often what a soul would uh, attempt to do is they're like, okay, well, this is my purpose and this is the bullseye. And these are the two karmic knots or three or five or 10 that I'm willing to take on. And this is the allotment of energy that I'm going to give to this game or to this incarnation, to this um, avatar. Oh, it, to solve for it. Is it one of the reasons why people maybe get confused? Uh, Potentially, or yeah. sidetracked. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, karma, it's not so easy to untie karmic knots, especially if they've been building for a while, right? So you can get distracted by a karmic knot, right? An example of a karmic knot could be, well, I don't know, like you really came here to save animals and that's your bullseye to really show compassion to something like a, another being that's been abandoned. But say your karmic knot is being a really bad sister. And, and, and that's another thing that you need to untackle and untie, right? Or your higher self hopes that you would, right? So that becomes your secondary purpose. Now, that doesn't hit your bullseye yet, but it certainly helps, right? It's better to at least untie the karmic knots a little bit than not do anything. Because next time when you come, you no longer have to deal with being a bad sister. You can just move forward with compassion or you know helping animals, if that makes sense. Yeah, it seems like this is one of the main reasons why people don't uh, hit the bullseye. No, the main reason people don't hit the bullseye is because they've lost connection with their higher self. They lost track of the big picture. They don't see the forest from the trees. 
Um, partially, this is by design now. We've spoken many times before that like getting into the matrix and, and this game, it's an amazing game. Like you want to be a part of it. You want it to be a part of it. Like the matrix is your friend. Being able to come and learn here and experience things here and make cho choices here is a big blessing, right? Now, humanity was never really meant to lose connection with their guiding light and guidance to the level that they have at this point, right? They have whole centers in their body that are supposed to receive information from um, higher consciousness of all kinds, right? And that is not something that happens. And that's why they are very much alone and in the dark and blind folded, which is not really the original intention. Your higher self can better guide you if you have a connection to it and you nurture that connection. Like if you open up and nurture your connection with your higher self, chances of you, quote unquote, failing to hit the bullseye are becoming really, really low. Hmm. I'll give you um, a quick stat uh, as I'm scanning. For those people that are connected to the higher self, even to some degree, they only are experiencing a 50% failure rate, not a 99% failure rate compared to the rest of humanity. And that's even with like a small tidbit of connection. That is even like an occasional, <laughs> occasional communication, like once every 20 years is enough. Huh. I think there is a popular opinion. Um, I don't know if it's the right one, but uh, saying that I'm a master of my own life, right? So I kind of, I'm on my own. Uh, this is also kind of disconnects you from uh, your higher self, right? Uh, interesting question. The thing is, there, like everything else, this is a double-edged coin, right? I'm a master of my own life. It's actually a positive statement. Uh -huh. For as long as that means looking within. The problem with this society or this planet is that there are a lot of things that are lauded in society as, as, as like they're dangled in front of you as carrots um, and you're brainwashed into believing that you want them. Such as, I don't know, a car, a house, getting rich, getting a nice body. I don't know. It, de it depends, right? It depends on the country also. But yeah. like uh, kind of the American dream, all things like that. Um, and they're dangled in front of you. And you're conditioned to believe that this is your path. So saying that I'm a master of my own destiny, I'm going to do it my way, when the opposite is I'm going to follow into what society tells me to do or what my family tells me to do or what is expected of my gender or what is expected of some, somebody who's my age or whatever other box that you put yourself into. It's actually a really, really healthy feeling and it's a really healthy statement. I actually don't see... Uh, like. Uh, on this plane, at least, I don't see the statement that you just mentioned, right? Like, I, I'm a master of my own destiny being used in in relationship to your higher self, meaning like my higher self doesn't call the shots. 
my lower self calls the shots. That's not how this is being used. So I don't necessarily perceive this to be a bad statement oh, that's, at all. That's great. In that's, fact, it leads you closer to the answer, not further away from the answer. Yeah, that's really cool. And um, on the collective uh, level, um, what do people think is the meaning of life? <laughs> oh my God, they're so confused. On the collective level, what do people think is the meaning of life? Do you want the, the true unfortunate answer for this planet? Of course. Whatever church tells them to think. Because religion is still, in, as far as the meaning of life is concerned, somehow still holds reign on this planet. Huh. And, and then, of course, the funny part is, now whatever religion they're into, right? a lot of it is about obedience and following some type of guidelines brought forth by the one God, the one and almighty, not sin. God forbid you ever sin. That is the purpose of life to not sin, right? Um, or to be, um, to be good, whatever that good is, you know, whatever the church tells them to believe good is. So there's a lot of that. Um, in more um, Eastern culture, so like if, if we look at like say China or even Japan, there is a lot of tradition and there is a lot of family. So the purpose of life, like they really give up the, the me and they actually take it a lot into the familial kind of like almost like in a tribal sense. So like being a really, really good, worthy member of the family means a lot to them. So they, a lot of them believe that the purpose of life is like to be a good son, daughter, husband, wife, mother, father. That they believe is the purpose of life. Right? Yeah. Now, that's why 99% fail. <laughs> because then that's like the biggest BS that you can come up with. <sighs> For 99% of souls and then the lucky ones. Now, do some of them get it like right by accident? Yes. What about these carrots? Because you, you said uh, there is this kind of religion, right? And um, false purposes. Mm -hmm. Like how many people actually follow the this kind of false purpose, like mm -hmm. money and American dream, stuff mm -hmm. like that? What's the question? Why, why was that created? No. Uh, how many pop people actually follow this uh, follow uh, false uh, purpose? In the Western, in the Western society, a lot of people believe the purpose of life is to get rich. Enough. Mm. Enough so. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, a lot of people believe that the purpose of life in the Western society is to have as many things as possible while doing the least amount of work possible. Somehow that became a purpose. Thank hmm. you for our work week. That completely played into that type of mentality, hmm. right? Yeah. Some people believe that, you know, the purpose of life is becoming famous. And that's why social media is such a thing, is because that carrot of fame is now all of a sudden perceived to be much more accessible than when famous people were actors and singers and you had to be on TV to be famous and not on Instagram. Hmm. Right? So there are multiple traps. Now, the thing is, there are myriads of worlds that exist and the carrots for the different worlds are different, right? So it's not the same set of carrots. 
So the souls that come here and get distracted by money, fame, control, religion, you name it, come here because their higher self craves this particular experience. So it's not random that you came here. It's not random that you came here to experience all of these carrots being dangled in front of you and choosing what you, what you truly came here to do. Especially knowing that most likely your pineal gland is going to be calcified and you're going to have very limited encounters with your higher self, if any. So then it becomes a complicated game. <laughs> uh, from which perspective? From human's perspective, of course. Like being blind completely, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, yeah, that... <laughs> not so much complicated but confusing confusing like there are no answers and you don't know who to go to for answers but you're seeking and then mm -hmm. there are like so a lot of people go to their priests or their rabbis like to some type of religious authority for answers oh. others would go to all types of um tarot readers astrologers you name it like witches anybody who knows anything about the future seers you know they would look for answers there other people would go to um the eastern practices of yoga trying to to find uh, or tantra or any of them trying to find the answers right mm. a lot mm -hmm. A lot of them don't ever get you the right answers unless you got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on the collective level, um, how many people live a completely meaningless life? It, this is a hard question to answer because no life is meaningless. Every experience you have is a valid experience. Attempting to produce a white stroke and producing a black stroke is a valid experience. Uh-huh. It's a valid experience. Ultimately, it doesn't get you what you want, but it's still a learning. It's a kernel of learning that's going to be held in your Akashic Records field uh -huh. as part of your greater knowing. So there is no such thing as a wasted life, not really. Right? Yeah. And you know, there's some some quote about electricity, um, you know, about this inventor that figured out the 300 ways of how to not do it. Yeah. That's a part of learning, right? Because learning and the joy of it is not about just finding the right answer. It's about discovering all the ways that you can go off track and off course. Because as your higher self is then examining, you know, the incarnation, right? The, the one that you already lived once you die, quote unquote. It's going to look exactly at the things, the little choices or circumstances, the days that were impactful towards you straying off course. Like, why did I not, you know, why did we not succeed as a team? Like, what went wrong? How can I plan better next time? So this is still a huge, a huge learning curve and a huge experience. That's why it's very hard for me to say, like, how many people are living, are living a meaningless um, life. Now, every human desires something, whether that's a carrot that's being dangled in front of them or something that's true and unique. Mm -hmm. So there is still that perception of like, my life has meaning, right? Like there, every, every human answers that question in some way, shape or form. It's 
the fact that the answer is not satisfying is what gets you really rallied up. Right. And, and very often you think you have the answer and then something happens and you realize your answer was wrong. For example, a woman might think that, and this is actually a big, big trap for this planet in particular. Um, a lot of women think that their purpose is being a mother, a mother or a good mother or some kind of mother um, that like maybe a kind mother or nurturing mother or whatever adjective they put in front of mother. So a lot of them go through childbirth. This is definitely the planet to go through childbirth. And then they have that baby. And then they have an experience of having a baby, nurturing a baby. And a lot of them realize that being a mother was not their purpose. And then they're like, tough luck. Now what do I do? And they try on a new purpose, quote unquote, for size. Right? So a lot of humans go through whole cycles of poking in the dark and being like, is this my purpose? Is this my purpose? I don't know. This sounds like a good purpose. Right. Or maybe like, I don't know. My purpose is to become a doctor. Then you become a doctor and you're miserable. You're like, well, that clearly wasn't it. That's why a lot of people who are chasing all of these carrots around like fame and money, once they get there, that's the most miserable that they've ever been is because now they've achieved what feels like the Everest of society And it feels just as lonely, if not more so, than when they were just starting out. That is really when the breaking point happens. When you achieve everything at face value that there is to achieve on this planet, what becomes glarily visible and glarily like palpable and visceral in, in your whole body is the lack of connection to your higher self. Because you're just as lost as before, if not more so. And not only that, but you've just spent, I don't know, 10, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years getting there. So you're out of time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Not a fun place to be. Yeah. And uh, if, again, look at the collective level. In this uh, particular time-space reality, are there any particular meanings that people come to experience on this planet like very higher perspective very popular ones yeah um a lot of you are painting the flowers of um love so heart center opening up your heart center is one of the very very common denominators that souls would come to experience here uh love for self love for other uh familial societal all of it as well as love for not just people, by the way, objects and things. So being able to pursue a craft, being able to pursue a creative project or something that you truly love. This is something that a lot of like really following your heart is what it's called. Like, you know, just follow your heart, follow your heart is like such a common advice. But because so many people get confused or they're like, well, how can I follow my heart? Because X, Y, Z. That's why you have a starving artist archetype. How can I be an artist if I'm going to starve? You know, quick example of a challenge for this, for this planet that's very um, interesting. Another common uh, cluster of incarnations and, and, and purposes is, has to do with freedom, personal freedom. Um, and that, again, is having the courage, the level of discernment, the power, the strength, to try your own path as opposed to walk into everybody else's footsteps. This is a planet with 
heavy dose of conditioning that happens really, really early in somebody's life. Literally, the grips of this planet, the psychological, mental grips of this planet, the emotional grips of this planet are incredibly intense. I don't mean it in a bad way. It's an interesting experience. I'm just letting you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're really, really heavily conditioned to be like everybody else. Maybe in, in different societies uh, or uh, specifically in different countries that might be different, like different countries might be going for, after different things. But now it's becoming more and more homogenized. It's becoming more and more global, right? Now there is an American dream in China, which is was kind of not meant to happen necessarily, but okay, now we have it. Um, so that concept of freedom and finding your own voice and finding your own path despite what society tells you to do that is actually a common denominator and you're starting to see that you know even with like body positivity and sexuality and all of these things becoming a lot more accepted right uh all of a sudden you know a couple where you have a woman and a man is not the only option on the table right all of a sudden it's okay to be childless for instance or to never marry right that's all because like um, the souls that are coming here are exploring this concept of freedom and being able to make choices that are against the grain, so to say. Mm. So that's a common one. Um, so love, like I said, freedom. Fear, although nobody's really necessarily... <laughs> I, trust me when I tell you, um, your higher selves are not trying to draw petals of fear and flowers of fear, but they're trying to draw flowers of courage, right? Which is the opposite really for you to get into the courage state and empowerment state empowerment is a big topic for this planet uh, because there is a lot of lack of thereof you have to pass through fear so all kinds of fears from very physical like i don't know like people being afraid of snakes or heights or drowning to very mental fears i don't know i'm afraid of a virus to emotional like I'm afraid of being alone or unloved or abandoned or something else uh, or death, right? So there are all of these fears uh, on this level of existence. And, and again, like fear is an interesting vibration. It's a fascinating vibration, fairly low frequency that can become fairly loud and really displace all the other vibrations. So this planet is perfect for experiencing fear, like the very depth and breadth of, of this feeling and this frequency and of course overcoming fear because you can never get courage unless you face your fear and go through that experience so that's a very common denominator uh, like I said power and empowerment right that's actually and like control is part of the same cluster so that is an interesting challenge slash game slash cluster of purposes is your personal relationship with power right and the 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 dark side of power the shadow side of power which is mistreating others manipulating others slavery um coercing others into what they don't want to do right um extreme hierarchy where you're going to do this because i said so and a lot of people seeking uh, like positions of power right um which is you know a very interesting exercise if you're trying to clear up 
like the darker shadow spots of of you know of your being um so challenged by power is another common denominator of like why souls would come to to this plane um another aspect is solitude and connection that's a big one for this planet so a lot of souls choose to come here to experience what it truly feels to be alone or feel alone and this has actually nothing to do with the amount of friends you have or whether you're married or how many children you have just the sheer experience of nobody gets me right which actually comes not from you not having human relationships but from you not having relationship well the number one most important relationship is, is between you and your higher self and then your spirit guides right and then your human relationships kind of like are almost secondary to that i hate to say but the reason this planet really gets you into the depth of loneliness and that like really excruciating fear which is actually the number one reason that people commit suicide is because they feel lonely and they don't feel understood by anyone else really it's not like the lack of money or anything else that face value would feels like oh that's why they committed suicide no it's because they felt really lonely and that feeling of loneliness comes from complete disconnection with your higher self calcified by neil ground not disconnection from society because nothing nothing in this world can truly substitute your connection with the rest of your own being you can have the best lover you can have the most loving parents you can have the most loving children you can have the most satisfying gratifying career but that feeling of not being fully completely understood or fully completely belonging belonging to something is is you're not going to get there until you connect to your higher self so again like the concept of loneliness and connection which is like i mean they're part of the it, it's part of the same pendulum it's part of the same continuum if you will right mm -hmm. yeah so experiencing connection or experiencing complete loneliness um and all the states in between this is something that um you know um souls come to experience here i could keep going but i don't know if, if that's interesting or helpful no that's really cool uh, i think these are great examples just to understand like true uh, meanings right instead of yeah. the false ones right yeah uh, gives an understanding that actually getting rich is not <laughs> well okay let's be careful here for some of there is people, nothing that i said there is absolutely nothing that i said that negates cash or mental well-being mm -hmm. in fact the most spiritual thing you can do for yourself is get rich already so you can move on to bigger and better things seriously i'm a little over like people who feel money is not spiritual money is one of the most spiritual things ever because money is your personal energy manifestation in third dimensional reality however much money you have is the energy of your higher self that you were able to integrate into your physical body and get that energy to work so if you don't have enough if you're lacking check your connection with your higher self I mean it there's probably some inconsistency there or it's completely lacking like if, if you're lacking materially that means you're not connected to your source of energy which is your higher self you don't have any other source that matters to that degree yes your parents but they're not going to make up for the lack of your connection to your own aspect huh. that's feeding you that's a good indicator right so as soon as you feel that you have don't have enough you have to 
Chuck work your on your connection with yes, your higher self. Absolutely. Because that is, through that, you get complete abundance huh. and complete so, alignment. Like the fastest way to identify whether you have connection or not. Yeah. Also, you know, just like praying all day, every day and being poor doesn't make you spiritual, I hate to say. Because what makes you spiritual is your connection to your higher aspects. That's how you learn. That's how you get guidance. Not by being removed from it. So the only way to feel some semblance of high altitudes is to try to pray and go to church. And again, like, hey, church is a great tool for certain souls, right? It just cannot be the only thing that you do around your spirituality. That is actually quite dangerous. So again, not to say that pursuing money is, is bad. In fact, I wish everybody could already just pursue money real quick, but pursue it in the right way, right? Mm -hmm. Which is not necessarily what's happening. Because as you're pursuing money, what you're faced with is lack, right? So, and that's what a lot of people experience. They're like, okay, why can't I get rich? Why can't I get rich? And they get very uber material, but they're still disconnected from their higher self. So that stream of abundance is cut off and they don't know where to get it from. So they get another degree and they're like applying for these other jobs or I don't know, doing all kinds of certifications to try and to understand, like starting their own businesses. But if you're removed from your connection to your personal abundance, all of these things don't matter. Is it the reason why rich people don't feel happy because they get all this money but still have no connection correct they had that's the thing so rich people had enough of a connection to be able to get rich right especially if we're talking about self-made because mm -hmm. not everybody who's rich is self-made right and some people just got lucky right but they didn't have enough or they're not registering the messages and if you got rich and you're not happy that means that that's not your bullseye. There is about 10% of humanity, 10 to 12, right now, whose bullseye is to get rich. I swear to God, that's the most spiritual thing that they could be doing, is make money. That's their bullseye. And for the reason it is so for them is because they're still learning material energies. They're still excited. Their higher self is excited about the concept of coming into a third dimensional space reality and creating wealth and comfort and abundance for themselves in a very physical way. Right? So again, there is exception to every rule. Got it. But for the rest, 88%, getting rich is not the answer. I hate to say this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yet that carrot of becoming rich is dangled in front of 100% of humanity right now. In one way or the other, and some of, you know, so some humans buy into it really, really all in. They're so, sold. So how do you find uh, your meaning? You find your meaning and you see, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you any lofty, really complicated rules to follow of how to connect with your guides, at least not in this episode. If you want to go there, we can go there. Really, you start by quieting down your mind because the answers are not in your mind and your mind and there is a lot of distractions but also there is a lot of um, stimulation in your outside world 
from billboards, again, like everything that is colorful, that has a, a big, big fat vibration of color, sound, smell, all of it is, you know, you've been bombarded with all of this incoming information, right? Be because of that, your, your mind is very busy. Like humanity's collective mind, as well as all of your individual minds, are a highway where things are just going back and forth and at crazy speeds and like there it never sleeps even when you sleep that highway never sleeps so there is never a moment of peace and quiet for a lot of you now the connection with your higher self is really simple you all have it by default even with a calcified pineal gland you do i swear to god like every single one of you right now on this planet has a connection to your higher self by default. There is nothing that you need to do to build it. There is nothing that you need to become to deserve it because by definition, you already do have it. The reason you're not able to get the guidance and the reason you're not able to get the messages is because your highway of mental body is too busy. If you listen to our episode about the different light bodies of a human, um, you have multiple bodies, right? Um, one of them is mental. And your mental body is the outermost layer before your spiritual. So it goes your physical body, then it's your energy body, then it's your emotions, emotional body, then it's your mind, a mental body, your thoughts and beliefs, then it's your spirit body. Your guidance and downloads and purpose and all of that dwells in the spiritual body but your mental body is a highway of all of these thoughts and beliefs and it's a very busy highway crazy busy like more than you can imagine in order for your spirit for the spiritual messages to come through and trust me they're yearning to come through into you right you need to receive these messages actually like even if they sink into your emotional body you've already made it but before they can go into your emotional body, they need to pass through the highway. And the way that you do that, the way that you enable that is to slow down the traffic that happens in your head. So the habit of slowing down that traffic, even for 30 seconds, even a week could be all you really need. That's where you need to start. And that is, you know, a meditation practice right? Or one of the ways, like there are so many different meditation techniques, but the most rudimentary one is to attempt to not quote unquote, think about anything to be able to quiet down the internal dialogue. Right? So if you're able to do that, even for the first 30 seconds, it's a big win. Now for you to be able to start to receive that guidance, you need to practice to increase that time frame to about three minutes. And I'm not saying, again, I didn't say completely stop that traffic because for a lot of you, it'll be so challenging. You might give up before you get there. But even if you slow it down by like two times, you've already won, right? So for a lot of you, when you try to not quote unquote, think about anything, you will still get random thoughts about dinner, work and your dog and whatnot, trying to come through. So instead of judging yourselves for those thoughts, just like, releasing these thoughts as quickly as they come that's the practice as soon as you can increase that to three minutes three minutes is all it takes 
for your higher self, for your spirit guides and everything else to start sending you the messages and the hits. Now, depending on your level of awareness, you might truly, truly experience them as messages in your head. It's almost like somebody that's not the new, that's outside from you, that just advised you of, of something, like almost like a voice. For others, it's going to feel just like a knowing in your body, in your belly, or like in your heart, right? For others, you might be getting some pictures or images or forms or shapes, right? But you're starting to get downloads. And that's all that's needed is to establish that stream, that flow of energy. So really, my recommendation is a meditation practice where you learn to quiet down your mind. And there are so many apps that can help you get there. So if you are looking for the meaning of life, or for happiness or you know if you're really looking to understand why you're here and what you're doing or why you're fulfilled not fulfilled any of the above really the most important thing you can do for yourself is give yourself some room some space from the constant stream of thoughts that don't even belong to you in the first place it's just a highway full of cars that were never made by you and you're are, are random more often than not. So that's what I say would be the, my number one suggestion. And basically the intention is to understand the meaning of life. Yes. And then you, you could now a lot, a lot of other things are going to come through in, in, in that process. Mm -hmm. Right. But this would become like a practice and, and a meditation and um, a ritual that you do. Right inadvertently you're going to start receiving messages from your higher self what do you think would be the first thing that your higher self sends down that pike down that like if 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 your higher self really sees you struggling trust me it's not going to talk to you about the weather hmm. or about this new dress that you really wanted or i don't know this new car yeah that it's not interested in that it's too trivial what your higher self is going to attempt to do is do anything so you receive the message of what it needs you to do. And again, it might be an intuitive hit and knowing like it, it could, sometimes it feels like an aha moment, right? But like establishing that connection is really important. Establishing and nurturing it like a, a road, right? You need to build like a road, a pathway that is a very conscious road. I think because uh, for most of the people it's a very new experience and uh, maybe really hard to even recognize it. What are the most common forms of getting this information? What are the most common forms? Yeah. Like I said, um, you know, it could, uh, it could come to you as a feeling in your body or just a knowing or a gut feeling of something or as a change in perception as a change in your thought patterns, because like some new seed just got dropped inside of you, it could come in the form of dreams, right? But the ones that you like somehow remember, like a message in a dream that you, you wake up and you remember like a sentence or something, it could come in the form of signs from the universe. Like as you're driving and you see like some sign on the road and you know it's for you. 
you know, the, the directions from the universe, from your higher self, take all types of shapes, forms, and, forms and sizes. It could be you overhearing two people talking at Starbucks, and you really heard three words, but you heard them. Guidance comes in all kinds of forms. The thing is, it like meaning, like if you're if you're practicing and meditating for three minutes in a day, or like every other day, it doesn't really matter. You're opening that portal, but it doesn't mean that the information is going to come pouring through right that second. It could hit you a little bit later, right? So it's it's establishing that channel through the practice of meditation, step one. Step two, really paying attention to what's happening in your life. Has anything changed, right? And I think step three is trusting the guidance because that's where I see a lot of people um, really get trapped, really get lost, is they get the guidance and then they dismiss it. And then they get the guidance again and they dismiss it again. You establishing that communication with your higher self is a commitment on your part. It's a promise and almost like a door that you open for it to come and communicate to you. So at least have the decency to trust the messages that you see. I think somewhere in the middle of um, this episode, you mentioned that people go to astrologers and uh, tarot readers. Yeah. Is it something that people can use or meditation is the best way? And how often maybe people get misled by this? So about 20% of astrologers, tarot readers, psychics, and whoever you want to add to that bucket would deliver truthful information on this planet. Not for the lack of trying. They're not bad people. It's just their own channels are not clean enough, not clear enough even for them to receive their own messages, let alone maintain that clean channel to be able to deliver the higher frequency, higher dimensional messages for other people. If you believe in your level of discernment and go to the right professional, then by all means. My concern is humanity's level of discernment is quite poor. So in my heart of hearts, I cannot recommend that you go to a astro like any astrologer any tarot reader because they can do more harm than good and most of them don't don't hmm. really connect to the right level of authority should i say unfortunately yeah yeah most of them are so lost that they don't know themselves why they came <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, I think I need to do something spiritual, but well, let me see what other spiritual people are doing for, for career. Or I think tarot cards are easy. Sure, I'll take that on. And so them being as lost as, you know, they've ever been, all of a sudden they, you know, put like a little crown on their head and now I'm a tarot reader connecting with all these effervescent hidden energies. Yeah, but you don't know who they're actually connecting to. They can be connecting to like, low astral type of entities and parasites and you would come to them and be like what is my meaning of life <laughs> you could get anything back out of that little dialogue that's why i'm like the thing is the one thing that never lies to you is your higher self there is no reason like there is no way your higher self is unqualified to help you that's why i'm telling you 
it, it's, cha- it's a challenge because you don't trust yourself and you don't trust maybe this world. You don't trust that you can have that connection with your higher self. Maybe you don't even believe that there is a higher self. The problem is others are not going to help you because others have been trying to help you all these years and look where it got you. The, your, the society has been quote unquote trying to help, right? The schooling and the parents, don't do this, do that. They've been trying to help, arguably, and, and you're still here with a 99% chance of failing this mission. Yeah. So taking that step, taking the plunge of attempting a meditation practice, attempting to connect to your higher self, doesn't seem like the easiest way out because what, what you want is instant gratification. That's why you like fast food so much as a society. That's why you like fast fashion so much as a society. That's why you like reality TV so much as a society. That's why I like social media so much as a society. A lot of it is about instant gratification, a quick hit, right? The good things take work. Establishing meditation practice takes work. Going to a tarot reader maybe takes $100, $300 if they're really good. Well, not good, good at marketing, not necessarily good at messaging, um, you know? And that, yeah, that sounds like a shortcut, but it might be a, a road into nowhere. Yeah, I see what you mean. So it's definitely worth trying, at least. <laughs> Going to tarot readers? No, of course, connecting with your higher self. Yes, definitely That's the worth ultimate. trying. If there is one thing you do, please do that. Yeah, awesome. That's a great advice. Can and I also say something else? Yeah, sure. So I know a lot of you are going to have issues with trying to quiet down your internal dialogue. Um, like, I can already see that. Um, I can see a lot of you who are going to attempt this. You're going to be really, really frustrated in your own practice of your internal dialogue. Um, Let me explain how the highway works. The the highway of your thoughts travels from both, uh, in both directions, like a normal highway, right? So if you imagine your brain as a highway that uh, moves from one ear to the other, Basically, it's going to be movement of cars into one direction and the other direction. One of the techniques that I've found to be the easiest to replicate for humanity on Earth is to switch off one flow and then the other. So you have two ears, the left and the right ear. So quite literally, you know how they say in from in in one ear and out the other. Yeah. This is actually one of the greatest keys of how your thoughts travel. Really, truly, your thoughts enter your brain through the ear. I know it sounds very strange because why would you need the ears, right? It's a thoughts. Like it's not like they're audible. But you'd be surprised. They come from ears. So at any point in time, your head feels busy because. Different frequencies, mental frequencies are entering your left ear and they're entering your right ear. And it's a cacophony of sounds. So what you want to do, right, is you want to take your hands and your hands are actually really, really powerful energetic tools. And you want to do a swiping motion first with your right hand. So take your right hand, right, 
put it at your left ear and imagine that you are swiping, make, creating a swipe from your left ear to your right ear really slowly. And you're swiping away all of the cars that are in your head right now and between your two ears. And as your right hand meets your right ear, you can close your right ear, kind of like creating a plug, right? So you're in essence plugging energetically your mm -hmm. right ear with your right hand. Yeah. Now do the same thing with your left hand, put it to your right ear and then do a swiping motion slowly, removing all the cards in between your ears and then finish with your left hand at your left ear and plug that one out. So you're going to have two plugs from the both, both of your ears that could create the quietest situation you've experienced in years. Literally, like use your physical body to block your energetic body. It works. Don't try to fight mental with mental. Use the resources of your body. I'm telling you the hands. And if, if somehow you feel like that still didn't work, do another swipe, right? Mm -hmm. And plug it, plug it one more time. If it didn't work the first time, it will work the second time. I promise you, your hands are really, really powerful tools for giving and transmitting information. And they're, you know, very magical um, aspects of your body. So you can use them to, to your advantage. So if you wanted like a little tidbit of like, how do I quiet down my mind? The reason for a lot of you, you know, in the ones of you that tried and failed, you're trying to fight mental with mental. So you're getting that thought and you're trying to fight that thought or make yourself wrong for that thought with a thought. Hmm. And that didn't work. All I'm saying is let's uh, let's use the physical energy of your hand and the because um, like when you're moving your hand, you're moving the physical and the energetic body, the two bodies to quiet down your mental. It actually really works. That's really if cool. You, if you needed like um, another technique to try. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this technique. I also heard about one that doesn't require your physical body, but basically imagining that um, all these thoughts are like radio waves, right? And imagining how you lower the volume of the radio. Yeah, ooh, that's a good technique. And then it's kind of you just lower the volume to a minimum and they just disappear. Yeah, right? you can do that. Um, you can do that. Another one, um, you could imagine that inside of your head, your head is a reservoir um, that is meant to house water. And what you want to do is you want to fill that reservoir with water top to bottom, right? Um, and as soon as that, you know how underwater, like the, the sounds are really muffled. Mm -hmm. They're not the same. So if you imagine like your whole brain space from maybe like your nose to like your hairline um, is now filled with water, you're going to find it a lot easier to declutter your thoughts. Because um, a water is a very viscose, even like energetic water is a very viscose type of substance. So things in water travel a lot slower than they travel in air. So you would see, like you would automatically slow down the flow of thoughts from left ear to right and right to left if you fill that space with water. Hmm. And even more so if you filled it with ice. Hmm. Yeah. So try try out different different techniques uh, depending on you know your natural propensities. Some are gonna work better than others. 
that's awesome yeah yeah thank you so much for sharing this okay um now i'm going to end our session i'm very grateful for the information you provided us today i'm asking the higher self to visit to where it belongs with much love and much thanks for the helping information it has been given maria today i know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it now i want all the consciousness and personality of maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely